we're excited to introduce Maggie Baird. Um, her passion helping our environment alongside the massive issue that is food insecurity, especially during this time of crisis, has motivated her to start an organization called Support and Feed. Her dedication to helping communities is truly inspiring to us, and we feel very lucky to have her a part of our conversation today. This is Maggie. Hello, so nice of you to have me. It's so nice to see you guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Maggie, before we jump into everything, there are so many terms out there, such as vegetarian, pescatarian, plant-based, vegan. Could you briefly explain what some of these words mean? Yes, I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about labeling and terms and are they important? And I think the one reason that they are kind of important is that, for example, having grown up a lot of times when I was younger, someone would feed me, they would make me a meal and they would be like, it's fish. And we're like, uh, fish is an animal, <laughs> but they didn't somehow realize that. So it is kind of good to know the terminology just so that you can be sensitive to people, et cetera. Pescatarian usually means someone who eats fish and usually means they don't eat meat or, or, or chicken, et cetera, but they do still eat fish. Um, vegetarian usually means that they still eat eggs and dairy, but they don't eat any kind of meat or flesh, usually not any fish, poultry, anything like that. Vegan means they don't use any animal products, and that includes what you wear, etc. So a vegan wouldn't wear leather or primarily wouldn't wear leather. Um, a vegan would choose to make all animal-free pro uh, products in their life, cruelty-free pro products, whereas plant-based specifically means the diet of eating a plant-based diet. And there is a little bit of vagueness in there. Some people think plant-based means primarily plant-based and some people think means entirely. And there's also whole food plant-based, which means that you would also be taking care that you are eating a very healthy diet. So maybe not a junk food vegan diet, which you can actually still eat. Um, so that's a basic different, um, differentiation. So if you're referring to like support and feed, we say plant-based because we are specifically referring to the food that we deliver, not the lifestyle of cruelty-free, et cetera. Although of course we personally make those choices, but, um, and we're trying to make it a, a fully plant-based, so no no animal products at all. I hope that helps. It is confusing though, and people do use them in a little bit of a squishy way. But you can we we recently had an issue where someone did not realize that plant-based meant no animal products in our food, but that's what we mean. For sure. Yeah. Um, so for you, what was the process of becoming a vegan and how did you know that it was something you wanted to seriously commit to? And and what was your journey like that, or your journey going through that transition? I grew up in a small town in Colorado, and my father actually hunted. My father was wonderful, but he was a hunter. He hunted deer um, and, and birds, and um, he fished. And I know that this can work differently for other people, but for me, how it worked was I saw what the food was, and I was not going to eat it. Um, I did not want to eat any animals from, from a very early on. Oddly, my brothers too, we did not want to eat meat. And um, 
I grew up in an era where that was very unusual. And because the meat industry did a really good job of convincing everyone that you needed meat and that it was super healthy, my parents were very worried that we all wanted to be vegetarian at the time. Um, but, you know, we did it anyway. And, you know, so, so my original experience was just literally not wanting to eat animals. You know, at the time, we didn't really know the environmental impact of it. Uh, I don't think I even knew at all the the real depth of factory farming and the terrible cruelty involved in it. I just didn't want to eat an animal. So I was a vegetarian from the time I was like your age. And then I gradually learned about the impact of factory farming, the, um, the, the terrible abuses and cruelty involved in the dairy and egg industries. Cause at first I didn't realize that, you know, I just thought, Oh, I just won't kill anything, but these are just byproducts. And then when I learned, Oh, they're not just byproducts. They're these horribly cruel, abusive industries. Then I decided, Oh, I really, to be consistent with my values, I need to be a vegan. Coincidentally, I had also uh, begun to develop a few health issues and amazingly becoming a vegan stopped them in their tracks. So, so once again, it was an ethical decision that led me there. But when I did it, I had these tremendous health benefits. I had started to get arthritis in my hands. That went away. Um, my whole family went vegan. They had, we had all, we raised our kids vegetarian and then they became vegan when I did um, too. So everyone had these massive health improvements at the same time. The largest reason, of course, which has overtaken my journey is as I learned, well, even 30, even 30 years ago, I had a t-shirt that said, save the Amazon rain, rainforest, stop eating meat. Um, because we've known for a long time of the terrible effect of the meat industry on the environment. So every single part of being a vegan is important to me. And the largest mission right now with support and feed is, is focusing on the environment and the planet. But in my personal life, they are uh, the cruelty issue is of equal importance, and the health imp and the health aspect is a is a big benefit. But it wasn't actually my motivation, but it is a big benefit. That's a great segue to our next question, which is for those who do not know yet, what is the environmental impact of eating a vegan diet? You know, I will leave the facts and figures to scientists. I will give you a good summation. Um, when you think about how much land, water, and production goes into making a pound of meat as opposed to a pound of grain or a, a plant-based food that is eaten directly, it's astronomical. So, if you think of all, it's hard sometimes to picture the immense number of people in the, in the world. And if those people are eating meat and these gigantic amounts of land are devoted to raising that cattle, especially cattle, but also other animals as well, the environmental impact of the, 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 the grain, the, um, not just the grain, but the, the trucking, the storing of the meat is enormous and one of the other things that people probably don't know is that there's also a lot of methane produced just from the gases released from cattle of 
burping and farting. Like it's crazy to think about when you have millions and millions of animals consuming all of this grain and then putting methane gas out into the air. It's, it's a very big impact. Also, as I was mentioning my t-shirt when I, 35 years ago, 30 years ago, they destroy tremendous amounts of forest to make grazing land for cows. And we all know that one of the ways that we can help the planet is planting more trees, right? Because that's how we produce oxygen. So when you take away giant swaths of forest and trees and you plant grazing land, you're depleting one of our major sources of dealing with our CO2 emissions. So it's a complex system, but uh, you know, it really, I remember going to a county fair with my kids actually. And at the time we still were, we were vegetarian, we still drank milk, but not very much of it, but you know, occasionally. And I remember them seeing the, the outline over the, like there was the milking cow at the, at the county fair, you know, and there was an outline of like how much the cow has to eat to give, you know, a quart of milk or something. And when you saw it, they were of course promoting it as like, isn't this interesting for farming? And all we thought was that's horrifying. That's absolutely horrifying. What a tremendous environmental waste, not to mention the fact that you're taking away the baby calf from the mother, keeping the mother artificially lactating, feeding the baby from formula. And, you know, it's a, it's a very, it's a it's not a it's not a kind system but it's also not an efficient system. So if the UN says that if everyone switch if we if we could make a major major transition to plant-based eating that would be one of the most important things we could do for stopping the for helping with the climate crisis more than what you drive more than more than so many things we think about as being important it's really what we is really one of the most important things we can do. I'll just add to that. It's not a perfect system. There are there are plant-based foods that have a higher um, carbon impact because of their trucked in. Like you don't want to be eating in the winter. You don't want to be eating fruit that has to come halfway around the world. You know, you want to eat locally grown food as much as possible. So you you know you you may not be able to get blueberries in the middle of the winter if you live in you know, a cold climate, those also have an environmental impact. However, given all of that, none of it is as much as eating meat. So hope that makes sense. And the same with milk, um, because a lot of people talk, think, well, almonds take a lot of water or other crops take a lot of water. All true. They all have environmental impact, but nothing compared to the cattle dairy industry. So that even the kind of worst of the plant-based choices are still better than the dairy, meat, and egg industries. And, and the next question, you kind of you've answered parts of it sort of already, but what is the main purpose of observing a vegan diet? And is there anything specific that you think you need to believe in order to properly participate and maybe stick to it? Um, well, that's a good point. To stick, sticking to it, I think, is the key, right? There's nothing that you have to believe to do it. There's all this, all of these things that you could take from. You know, you could do it for health. You could do it for the environment. You could do it for the cruelty to the animals. You could do it for all three. How do you stick with it is really the question. For me, I've never, 
you know, when you believe in something, if you took all that information in just now and you did some research, for me, I would never dream in a million years of, of eating meat of drinking milk. I, I just wouldn't dream of it because all of that stuff really resonates to me. And there's nothing stronger than a belief. You know, when you, when you see the, the evidence and you really get that internally, to me, it just is quite easy in a way. Now, I'm not going to say it's easy because it's not easy in every society or every culture or every community to find plant-based food. So we can't just go like, oh, it's easy. It can be very complicated. I've been in countries where it's incredibly hard to find vegan food. But as far as my wanting to stick to it, um, that's just about keeping those reasons forefront in my mind. So um, there's no there's no requirements, whatever strikes you. I think just knowing that you are helping the planet and you are not supporting an industry that can be very cruel and you are making a tremendous benefit to your health. So whichever one of those resonates for you and that you can kind of keep coming back to in your mind, if you're like, I'm really committed to do this, but I tend to really want this one thing and I don't want to do it, then just keep reminding yourself why you're doing it, why you're doing it. And I think that's what will help you stay with it. And you know what? If you if you don't stay with it, if whatever happens or circumstances, then that's not the end of the world, you know? You make a new choice every day. So you founded the initiative Support and Feed. Could you tell us a little bit about that work? Yeah. Support and Feed, um, when we came, we were on a tour um, and we had to come back from because of the COVID outbreak. And as I was home, I thought, oh, this is going to be devastating for so many small businesses. And I thought, oh, gosh, especially small plant-based restaurants because they're usually, you know, family owned or they're not chains, et cetera, in general. And and then I thought, wow, well, that's such a shame because people are going to need food more than ever. And so I thought, well, what if I just ordered some food from a plant-based restaurant and I don't need $200 worth of food, but I'll have it sent somewhere where they do. So I had it sent to a place in LA called the Midnight Mission. And when I did that, I thought, well, this is a kind of cool idea, but it's more complicated than I thought because you've got to coordinate a lot of things. You know, in a food system, restaurants don't have, especially in a crisis, they can't just make unlimited amounts of food. They have to plan for it. They have to organize and charitable organizations have to know it's coming. They have to tell you how they can receive it, especially in a, in a medical crisis. So I talked to some friends, and I have this idea, and they immediately jumped in. And people and they had special skills. One was an event planner, my friend Rose, and another person had all kinds of connections. Another person um, to restaurants, and another person was very skilled in the restaurant area. So we just banded together, and we created a format where people, we get donations and the donations provide meals that we get through the restaurants and then we deliver to the organizations in need. So we are supporting the small businesses while we're feeding people in need in communities that are underserved. And because all the meals are plant-based meals, then we're making an impact on the planet because we're not serving meals that contain meat, etc. So, um, that was the basic mission, and we've been going now for, well, since the middle of March, and we're in three cities, LA, Philadelphia, and New York City, hopefully more soon, but it's quite challenging because you can imagine during a crisis, COVID crisis, there's so many different details to deal with, um, 
but that's what it is. We have an army of volunteers. We're all volunteers at this point, organizing, running, doing all the social media, all the connections uh, with the charities and all the volunteers and raising money. And we are feeding thousands and thousands of people plant-based healthy foods. Um, our mission has really evolved. In the beginning, we, we also fed a lot of frontline workers and hospital workers, but we always did um, food for people experiencing homelessness, etc. Now we've pivoted a lot more to families and children because there's a gigantic hunger crisis. You know, one in five children in some cities, one in four is experiencing hunger this summer. So we're really focusing a lot on children and families, and especially in communities where they may have um, what's called uh, food apartheid, where there's like not access to healthy food or grocery stores. So we're partnering with organizations that are already in these communities doing amazing work, and then we're just providing food for them, for, for the communities where, where they are so needing it right now. And, you know, it's very rewarding. Um, it's a big mission. Hopefully we'll be able to influence lots of organizations to include small businesses because small businesses, reminding that small business includes the farmers, the pickers, the truckers, the restaurant staff, all of those people are supported and then getting the food to the people who need it. Um, so we're hoping that we'll, more and more programs will include these elements and will include plant-based meals, um, realizing the impact that they can have. We've seen some food programs which very focused on dairy and some communities that we're serving have a high lactose intolerance um, issue. So we're trying to make an impact and, and hopefully everyone will pick up on it and there will be more and more plant-based foods available. Sorry, dog rolling around the floor. <laughs> Yeah, so awesome. Um, and then how has the organization Conscious Cleanup helped support and feed? And why is that organization that want, one that you um, pay close attention to and why is it one that everyone should pay attention to? Well, I love to support Conscious Cleanup because they, when we first started Support and Feed, Jana, who runs uh, Conscious Cleanup with her wife, they jumped in and immediately helped us make the deliveries in the beginning, coordinate between the charities and the restaurants because their company already does a lot of that. They do a lot of work with corporations and businesses and at home privately to help people really do their recycling correctly and on a, and on a bigger scale. Um, so they do such things as like provide a bin for your home that they pick up each month, which deals with all the little things that we don't know how to recycle. Yes, we have recycling programs. You know, there's all kinds of things you put in your bin that probably will just go in the landfill. And they deal with all of that. And uh, and they, go, they have partnerships with businesses and corporations, and they help make their companies green. There's a few companies like this that we work with. There's one in New York called Reverb, or it's in upstate New York, and that we work with on our tours. Um, but Conscious Cleanup was really, really instrumental to getting our mission going because they had that infrastructure and that knowledge of where things needed to go. Um, they helped us get started. We're, we're now doing it with more volunteers uh, because they have a business to run. I highly recommend, though, that people follow them on Instagram. You'll learn so much about recycling, so much uh, just about things that you may not know about how to live a greener life. 
I tend to do a lot of live streams and talk about those things. I, I'm endlessly fascinated with all the things you can do to make your life greener. So follow Conscious Cleanup and you'll get a lot of great tips. Wonderful organization. Well, thank you so much, Maggie, for meeting with us. Now that the conversation is over, let's take action. Go check out Support and Feed and find a restaurant to donate money to or donate directly to their COVID-19 crisis response, response general fund. You can also share this and repost this video to educate more people on the important work that is being done. And like Maggie said, go follow Conscious Cleanup and Support and Feed. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for what you're doing. I so appreciate it. I know so many people want to know what they can do to help right now. And I'm so glad that you're giving them this information. It's wonderful. Thank you.